Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown. I'm your host, Hannah Brown. Little boys to men there for you because, A, why the fuck not? Who doesn't love boys to men? I mean, voices like velvet. Hello. But also because we've reached the end of the road with my Bravo recaps. I will not be recapping the reunions. I will weigh in on a little bit of the Beverly Hills reunion just because I missed last week with the Bravo. I'm doing the best I can here. I'm also kind of a poor planner. Honestly, right now, full disclosure, I feel like Sonia, but like sans interns. So just overall, just a mess. Um, But we've reached the end of the road with my Bravo recaps. And I just want to say thank you all so, so very much for sharing my videos on Instagram, appreciating them, loving them, listening to this podcast. If you're new and you found me because of the videos, thank you so much for listening, for sharing, for following, etc. Um, if you don't follow me already, follow me on Instagram at Hannah A. Brown, as well as Twitter at Hannah A. Brown. And on TikTok, I'm at Hannah A. Brown Zero. And if you just can't get enough of me, head on over to patreon.com slash non-aspirational. And for just $5 a month, you get access to all the bonus episodes. And you also help support me and this podcast. So thank you so much in advance. Before we get into the bravo of it all, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo, I want to promote Totally Good Time. If y'all are new around here, Totally Good Time is my favorite pop culture merch company. We did a collab a few months ago that was incredible, but Totally Good Time just released a new line and it's called One More Summer and it features just adorable pop culture tank tops. One of them says most smartest, a la Dropped Gorgeous. One is in honor of Jesse Spano. It says, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Another one says, no more wire hangers I mean come the fuck on so if you're into pop culture the way I am which is probably part of how you found me in this podcast head on over to totally good time and scope things out and use my code not aspirational 15 at checkout for a cute little discount we love to see it also couple other wrecks um Paul Russell y'all Paul Russell is an incredible rapper. He's about to blow the fuck up. He's blowing up on TikTok. He has so much good music on Spotify. I shared some of his stuff on my Instagram story, but in the event that you didn't see it, I'm going to plug him here. Paul Russell. I just, I, I can't say enough good things. His lyrics, his flair, his, he's just an amazing musician and I'm so excited for him to blow up. So check him out. Paul Russell on TikTok and on Spotify. There is a video on TikTok that he did where he did a verse to the song. I won't say I'm in love from Hercules. I mean, come on, relevant to my interests. And it was incredible. So make sure to check him out. Okay. Before we get into Bravo, I also have some other things to say. First of all, Last weekend, I did a fall candle haul, y'all. Um, you know, my house is the least cottage core thing on the planet. Don't get me wrong. I'm obsessed with it. I'm very blessed that I moved in with Jake, especially when I did. But, you know, it's not like Iris's cottage from the holiday. But with a few sensibly lit fall candles, it is the cottage core palace of my dreams. I went to Marshall's. I fucked shit up. Okay, and I because they were all so cheap, it was like a three ninety nine, a six ninety nine, an eight ninety nine candle from Marshalls. I've been lighting my fall candles like a dirty little cottage core slut with a bonnet, and I've loved every second. Also, I realized I just hit my elbow on a chair. I wonder if you could hear that. Um, I also realized that Miss Honey was where my cottage core fandom began. I mean, lest we forget. 
Miss Honey was the sweetest lady on the planet. Also, she was like casually stunning. She was honestly kind of like a Jamie Sullivan from Walk to Remember. Like, let's, I always bring up Walk to Remember any chance I get. Also, if you haven't listened to me on Dunzo from last week with friend of the pod, Troy McEady, make sure to check that out. But Miss Honey was sort of like Jamie Sullivan in that she was like stunning, but then wore like homely sweaters and dresses. And I honestly love that for her. And I mean, I don't know if y'all remember this, but the first time I saw Matilda, like, I don't know what your Matilda experiences were. But I remember I hit my elbow again on the chair. I remember when she brought Matilda to her little cottage and, you know, young Mara Wilson was like, oh, my God, that's the most beautiful cottage I've ever seen. I was like, honestly, Matilda, retweet. It was a stunning cottage. And thus my love for cottagecore began. And it was so fascinating to put those pieces together because sometimes when I'm bored or when I'm down or when I'm anxious, I just either Google like vacation spots in Italy because I really want to go to fucking Tuscany. I watch Letters to Juliet to fall asleep like every fucking night. That's irrelevant. Or I look up cottagecore pics and um, I stumbled across a Miss Honey pic and I was like, wow, I don't remember how I did, but Miss Honey's cabin is cottagecore goals. Anyways, also just this is fully irrelevant to reality television. I was reminded recently of an excellent way to troll your significant other when their ex comes up. And this was an idea actually that was like a friend of a friend told me that anytime his girlfriend's ex came up, he would like butcher the name somehow. And so, you know, I was like, that's genius. And I started using it. So like, I wanted to share that with you because it came up recently. One of Jake's exes came up and I fucked up her name. It's like, you know, it's slightly petty, but it's kind of like who? So like, for example, like if your ex's or if your significant other's ex's name is Brittany, if she comes up, call her Britley. Or like if her name is Haley, call her Hallie. Like it's a good way to assert dominance, but in like a he 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 what? Huh? I'm not petty kind of way. And I highly recommend it. It's so funny. Like it's so funny. Anyways, I hope that resonates with some of you. Brittany, Britley, Haley, Hallie. <sighs> Speaking of girls that I'm not the biggest fan of, the other Hannah Brown has officially become my nemesis. And she's been my nemesis for a while, but the straw that broke the camel's back was within the last week, I was tagged in a photo on Instagram. I was like, what stranger uh, tagged me in a photo? And I went to look at it and it was a photo of none other than the other Hannah Brown, who's younger than me and her dad. And it was um, a photo tagged by a sugar daddy being like, beautiful Hannah Brown. I'm looking for a sweet, sweet sugar baby. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's not bad enough that whenever I guest on a podcast, people think it's her and they either do, they, they either turn it off because I, they're disappointed that I'm not her or they don't listen to it because they don't like her. Like, that's not bad enough. Now fucking sugar daddies are tagging me in photos of the other Hannah Brown and her dad, ew, being like, looking for a sugar baby. It's like, are you kidding me? My nemesis. In a similar vein of, are you kidding me? I have another nemesis, and that is one Lisa Rinna. Now listen, I have spoken about my one interaction with her, and it wasn't great. But you know, I'm willing to turn over a new leaf. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days, in the immortal words of one Hannah Montana. But I was like, you know, I'm going to make some videos as Rinna, because I think Rinna is great television. I think she's iconic. Love her, hate her. She's truly iconic. And I was so excited to post several videos as her. And I was like, creatively, the juices were a flowing. And I was like, okay, let me post these. 
And she didn't repost any of them. Now, listen, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. I don't do it for the shares. I don't don't do it for the likes. I do it because I truly have so much fun like doing impressions. I've been doing them my whole life. Ask my fucking sister or my friends if you don't believe me. I've been doing impressions and characters my entire life. And I just now have the balls to start sharing them. So I have a blast doing them. That's neither here nor there. What bothers me is Rinna has no problem sharing a photo from like one person who has like two followers and a total of two posts. But then she never reposts mine. And it leads me to believe that she's not amused and she doesn't think they're funny and doesn't appreciate them. To which I say, why? Then don't go in the reunion and be like, I love attention. And then the second I give you attention, you don't care to share or acknowledge it. Honestly, it cuts me deep. It cuts me deep. So I have two nemeses, the other Hannah Brown and Lisa Rinna. And, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is at this point. Um... Let's see. Bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. So yeah, before we get into Bravo 2, quick pod update that I should have said at the beginning, but I didn't. Um, from here on out, it's going to be primarily interviews. And the list of guests I have in store is like so beyond and amazing. And it grows all the time. And I just am so excited about this new format. I've said it before. I'll say it again, because I think everyone has something exciting to say and I have so many interests outside of Bravo like mental health and wellness and of course pop culture and you know nostalgia and junior high and like grief and all these things and I'm just so excited to be able to talk to different people about all these different things and hopefully y'all will get to know me better and I the mission for this podcast I never really thought of this until recently like The mission for this podcast is like, I want y'all to feel less alone because there are a lot of times in my life when I felt like I was the only person on a tiny little island and it was the most uh, just down, secluded, dark feeling ever. And I'm just hoping that in sharing more of myself with you guys and with having guests share themselves that we can all just feel like we're like at a fun like boozy brunch together where things get like weirdly deep or we laugh the whole time. I don't even want to say weirdly deep where things get deep or we laugh the whole time and like it's all good. You know, so that's what that's what I want for this podcast and that's where I really want to go with these interviews and I just want to thank you all so much again for being on this ride with me and just being down for the changes. I really 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 appreciate it. Um, without further ado, let's get into Beverly Hills first. So couldn't tell you what happened in the finale. I don't really care. All that I could tell you that happened was Rinna wore a really chic camel sweater and some cute jeans and said, you're so angry. Um, and then again, reunion watched it twice in one day. Couldn't really tell you what happened there. Everyone fucking hates Denise. I loved that Garcelle wore Asa jewelry and I thought she looked stunning. And I just want to say, like, I really love Garcelle and I think she's too good for this shitty fucking show. Like, I love that she's aspirational, but relatable. I love that she's a loyal friend, but she's still super snarky and shady when it's earned. And she has no problem being like, of course, I want to defend Denise. I also want to know what the fuck is going on. Like, I feel like Garcelle was sort of the Greek chorus of this entire season where she like said everything we were thinking as viewers. And I loved her for that. She's funny. She's glamorous. And she comes for Kyle, which I love because someone needs to fucking come for Kyle. Uh, Another thing about the reunion, Denise looked stunning without makeup and in those overalls at the very, very beginning. I was like, Denise, yes. Like, I feel like Denise just looks like is peak Denise fucking Richards when she is just like, like 
not glammed at all. I feel like her truest essence is just like messy top knot, overalls, no makeup. And I, I just think she's stunning. I really do. I also loved that we saw her at one point wearing Uggs with her reunion dress. I was like, if that's not the most Denise fucking Richards thing in the world, I don't know what is. Um, I also loved Dorit at this reunion. I thought she looked amazing. I thought she was kind and level-headed and also wasn't afraid to give her opinion. And as far as the Sutton thing goes, not that I really care, I do think she genuinely felt bad for the whole Sutton thing, um, which I fully forgot about because it was so dumb. Um, Kyle and her Elvira hair uh, argued that they did not glaze over Garcelle. Her and her hair both argued that they did not glaze over Garcelle, uh, which is a fucking lie. Jake, do you want to do you want to weigh in on this while you're in here pouring yourself some wine? False. False. So you do think that Kyle glazed over Garcelle? Yes. Throughout the entire season. Yeah. Do you think that Garcelle did donate five grand to whatever the fuck? Yeah. And Kyle's just an asshole. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Same. You said everything I was going to say. I also was really happy that there was time taken in the reunion to let Garcelle uh, speak to her experiences as a black woman and tell the story about the time she was pulled over for no reason in front of her son, Jax. Um, yeah, I was just really glad that she was given time to speak about her experiences as a black woman and her experience as the first black housewife of this franchise. And she said she felt hopeful, which made me really happy. And with that, I just want to give a friendly reminder to everyone. Check on your voter registration. Vote out the orange Cheeto in November. Then we found out Rinna was mad that Denise liked to tweet saying that she should get fired and that she was racist. Denise said she didn't mean to and it was an accident, which I'm like, OK, honey, like, you know, when you're liking a tweet like, you know, um, she's a terrible liar. Everyone thinks Denise is a liar. Teddy also, I mean, you know, Teddy thinks she's hot shit because she has pink hair in quarantine. And I'm like, really original, Teddy. What fucking blonde didn't dye her hair pink in quarantine? Get over yourself. And then watching Rinna like lap up the hate spewed towards Denise like a fucking dehydrated jackal finding a spring in a desert was honestly not cute to me. Like, I really think, and I know that I just revealed that Rinna is my newfound nemesis, but like, I really do think she revels in watching other people in pain. And it's just like, it gets to a point where it's no longer entertaining it's just kind of like dark and sad to watch and like yes Denise is a shitty liar but to even like that tweet she had clearly had had enough of Rena's bullshit at that point and maybe didn't communicate that properly but also like oh well like what does she owe any of you women at this point and then also Erica and I love Erica but she was really mad that Denise like ran her mouth to Sutton or something and I don't know. I literally like did this clip that I'm referring to for Instagram. Like I did an impression of it. I still don't fully understand what was said, but basically like Erica was like, you know, you pulled me aside and then you went to Sutton and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but here's the thing. Like, why, what is this double standard? Like, why are we mad that Denise was, you know, liking tweets and running her mouth about the other women when like, that's what y'all have been doing this entire season. Like, why is it only okay when you do it? I don't understand. I don't understand. What's that song? And it's not like a song, but there's like audio on TikTok that's always like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't. That's how I felt this entire reunion slash season. 
Also, let's see. Rena was like, gaslighting, gaslighting. Let's have little gaslighting. And I was like, this is overwrought. Like, you were Roxy Hart on Broadway for five minutes. Like, I, I'm not into your, your, your hijinks and your antics. I was not amused. And again, maybe I'm just projecting because I'm annoyed that she's not amused by me. But truly, like, Rinna scares the living fuck out of me. And again, she also claims she loved attention, which I found interesting because she refuses to repost me. With that, let's get into Roni. Okay, highlights from last week. I love, love, loved Dorinda's cotton candy pink Christmas tree. Back in my single days in my studio in Chicago, I always wanted one because I was living a festive life of chaos at that point in time. And Jake now refuses to indulge me in a cotton candy Christmas tree, even like in the office. And it's bullshit. It's honestly bullshit. We also last week saw that Sonia has a new intern named Destiny. And we had a truly chaotic scene where Sonia was prattling off all this shit regarding the Century 21 launch and redoing her townhome. And I just want to say, bless Destiny's intern heart, because I was truly stressed watching this scene. And the only thing that calmed me while I watched it was the intense fragrance of my fall candles. Uh, we also had some Elise Ramona tension last week where Ramona was like, Elise is not a girl's girl. And Lou's like, what did I tell you about that one? And Ramona calls Elise a friend jumper and Elise not a girl's girl. I was in a place of all caps, question mark, exclamation, question mark, exclamation, question mark, exclamation, as Ramona was saying this about Elise, because I was like, look in the goddamn mirror. Okay, Ramona, like Ramona. You flirted with Tom when he and Lou were literally engaged. You did all that shisty shit with that event when it was like when you didn't like him. There was one event where she was like, where's my table? And she like went to a different table or something. I don't remember exactly what happened. And there was also another time where she didn't invite Sonia and Dorinda to her birthday a few years ago. And it's like, you're one to talk about not being a girl's girl and being a friend jumper. Like, shut the fuck up. With all due respect, shut the fuck up. And Ramona's like, you know, I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. I think she's manipulative. I think she's not genuine. And um, yeah, she disgusts me. And I'm like, Ramona, again, look in the mirror. Then last week we had Leah's party for her clothing line, Married to the Mob. It was the clothing line's 15th anniversary. It was downtown. And Leah was nervous for the women's response to the vibe of this like streetwear fashion party. Dorinda shows up in a full fur and is like, what's this hip hop thing where people were wearing pajamas? And I honestly thought Dorinda looked great. Like she was functioning from a place of Edie Falco mob wife. And I was into it. I really was. We also had a moment with Leah's hot ex slash baby daddy Rob. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. Rob can get it. Even with his little scarf, his sassy little scarf. I was into it. I also love how much Leah loves Luann. Like, Lou showed up to the party and Leah was like, Viva la Ziva! Um, Leah's mom, Bunny, was also really sweet in last week's episode. And it was really nice to get a tender moment between them where she was just like, Leah, I'm proud of you. Um, Sonia came in and was like, Oh my God, where do I start? Hot guys! She was just so fucking excited she got invited to a party with hot guys. And I mean, honestly true like there's nothing worse than going to a party when you're single and like horny, and there's just like not a hot one in the bunch Ramona of course comes in hot at Leah's party just licking Bunny's asshole being like you know I told Leah to communicate with you and respect you and it's like okay calm the fuck down you've known this lady all of five seconds and also like stay in your lane 
And then Elise approaches Ramona and Ramona just ignores her. Ramona's like, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. And Leah like, is like, Elise, go, go, go. So Elise chased after her and is like, you are duplicitous, nefarious, narcissistic, superficial, evil bitch. And Ramona's like, you're an evil girl. You know what? No, Uh, you're, uh, you're an evil girl. And she flees. She and I, I made this dumb note that Ramona sent in a lease and desist. <laughs> uh, that was like a bad Carrie Bradshaw joke. Ramona sent in a lease and desist. Do y'all want to hear Carrie Bradshaw impressions? I touched on those with Troy last week and I have so many ideas for doing IG videos as Carrie Bradshaw. Uh, hit me up in the DMs if you're interested in that. Um... But yeah, Ramona's hypocrisy is next level and I'm over it. I just find her to be really fucking annoying. The other women call Bunny Mother Earth. They call her granola. Again, we got that sweet toast from her. And then Dorinda makes a toast and she's like, to Leah, a bad bitch. And Leah was cavelling with gratitude this entire episode. And then Ramona again in the episode said she was done with Elise because Elise is manipulative. And I'm like, listen. If Katie Maloney has taught us one thing, it's don't use a word when you don't know it. Now, again, I want to hearken back to my own podcast because if nothing else, I'm self-aware. A few weeks ago, I was using the word modicum and saying monicum. So listen, everybody, again, in the immortal words of Hannah Montana, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. However, don't use a word that you don't fucking know. We have phones. You can Google it and hit that little speaker button that's like modicum. Like it tells, like manipulative. It tells you how to pronounce things. Don't use a word that you don't know, Ramona. But also keep using words you don't know, Ramona, because I get to make fun of you for it. Meanwhile, Lou is working on a book about her life. And listen, I'm really into Luann. However, I was not into her cropped pink blazer in that scene where she was working on the memoir. I was like, this is like Heather's gone wrong and I'm not into it. Uh, Let's see. Then we had Dorinda's B-Day dinner. This was the next like major beat in last week's episode. And honestly, it looked like a blast. I loved the vibe of this like Russian samovar piano bar and restaurant. It was like vibey and niche, but cozy and chic and also an excuse to dress up, but not in a pretentious way. I loved it. I loved every second. Uh, Sonia was so into the flavored vodka. And, you know, we all know this. But again, I once took a quiz that said I was Sonia and... I, at the time, I think was kind of on the fence about it because I think when I took the quiz, it was right around when she tried to do Tipsy Girl and Bethany's like, you're a cheetah brand, you're a cheetah brand. Um, But Sonia is such a fucking blast. Like she has fun no matter what. She, like even shitting herself on the Jitney in a diaper. She's like, I love the Jitney, it's great. Like I just, I think Sonia is such a breath of fresh air. And while I do think we need to clean house on a lot of these franchises, Sonia stays. Shantae, she stays. By the way, Jake was so jealous of Hannah's sweater slash blazer of Dorinda's sparkly Roseanne blanket pants from the week before. Like it's so it was so shocking to me that Jake was like, God, I would kill for a jacket, sweater, blazer of those pants. And then lo and behold, the week after, that's what Hannah was wearing at Dorinda's birthday dinner. It was like, oh, it was like a message from the gods. I should DM her and be like, what's the brand? Christmas is a few months away. Um, Luann also had a line that chilled me to the bone. She goes, 2020, can you believe that? 2020, that sounds so crazy to say. And I'm like, bitch, you have no idea how crazy 2020 is going to be. Uh, I also loved Dorinda in this full blown, like dominatrix dress at her birthday dinner. Like, yay, I love a dinner party in honor of me at the head of the table. 
Ramona was in a halter top with her tits out, literally like in a place of Serena Vanderwoods. And I was like, okay, Ramona, you do you, boo. And again, listen, I'm not ageist. If you, if you got it, flaunt it. If you're feeling yourself in a fucking silky halter top at the age of 60, whatever the fuck, go for it. I just love how shameless Ramona is. Like in her mind, she's Serena Vanderwoods and she's like 21 years old. Uh, also John Bedesian, I think that's his last name wasn't Dorinda's ex was invited to the birthday dinner because Dorinda ran into him at church and it made me a little sad because they were not a great couple, but I do, uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, breakups are sad. Ramona then apologized to Leah, uh, via FaceTime for leaving her party, like, you know, in a blaze of glory. And Leah calls out that Ramona is socially awkward as fuck. And, that's true. And I found it really refreshing that someone finally just said it. They're like, Ramona is the most socially awkward person on the planet because that's like objectively true. Also, she's evil, though. And I just want to emphasize that as well. Dorinda's birthday dinner was a little somber to watch, just knowing that she's about to be gone like that. It was her last episode. It was like in my head I couldn't help but hear like Sarah McLaughlin in the background like it was just fucking sad and then of course you know things got tense when Dorinda dared to get on Sonia's phone and be like you have so many open apps let me quit out of your apps and then Luann was completely out of line she's like D D what are you doing get off the phone and Dorinda's like yo I'm trying to close her apps for her because her phone's dying and Lou's like no you said in Mexico you were like you know get off your phone get off your phone don't do it now and Dorinda pops off she's like Luann I wasn't on the phone I was I was only on the phone because of her apps and Luann's like that's her problem not yours and Dorinda's like Luann, I wasn't on the phone. Don't be misetiquette with me. Leave it. No, we're not going to do a big show. And Ramona's like, Dorinda, Dorinda, there's no reason to raise your voice, okay? If she yells at you, don't yell back louder. It's fine, okay? And Lou's like, get off the fucking phone. It's your birthday. Don't do that now. And I was like, listen, has it been a great season for Dorinda? No. It's going to be a no for me, dog. However, it's her fucking birthday. If she wants to spend her birthday dinner quitting out of Sonia's apps, that is more than fine. That's fully her prerogative. I really don't like the idea of like micromanaging someone on their birthday. It's just annoying to me. And then like, yeah, I, I, I if there is one way to set me off, it's when I'm like emotional or, or honestly when I'm just doing something and someone goes chill out or like calm down. It's like you calm down. Like I go to a full place of Dorinda. A hand in the face and a finger in the face. Like it and especially if it's your birthday. No, no, no. That was so out of line to me. Um also, while I was watching this, they kept showing commercials for that Bradshaw Bunch show on E, aka Poor Man's Chrisley Knows Best. And I just want to say I'm not interested in the new show The Bradshaw Bunch. Listen, I loved that guy, the dad in the Bradshaw Bunch. He played the dad in the underrated but also terrible rom-com Failure to Launch. He played Matthew McConaughey's dad. But aside from that, I don't need it. I'm not watching the Bradshaw Bunch, E. I'm not. Stop trying to make it happen. It's not going to happen. Meanwhile, Ramona talks shit to Dorinda's guest. She's like, you know, she doesn't want to recognize her problem, okay? And Dorinda is right there, like fuming. And then John makes the most unwelcome speech, in my opinion. I was like, this is weird and uncalled for. And John's like, I'm so lucky to have Dorinda and we have a special bond. I will always have that. I don't know what voice that was. I was just trying to put into a voice the like ruddy sweatiness that John 
portrays at all times. Uh, and then Dorinda says to him, that's true though. You'll always have a seat at my table. You're my family now. And I was like, what? You broke up. Maybe that's harsh of me, but I just think you break up for a reason. You don't need to keep someone in your life that you broke up with. Like, ta-ta. Uh, then Luann takes the mic in a more unwelcome speech, in my opinion. And she's like, I want to tell the story of how Dorinda and I met. We met on the dance floor at a bar mitzvah. And it was a drunken, rambling fucking mess. And I loved every second. And she's like, you know, we relate. We love each other. We support each other. And that's what we do as women. I love all you men at the table tonight. And Sonia's like, are we going down a memory lane with Luann at Dorinda's birthday party? diva and Ramona's like you know she's ruining the party this is about Dorinda not Luann and then Ramona goes to try to get the mic and she's like this is not a cabaret it's not a cabaret show give me like a 10 minute speech and Lou goes oh I'm not done yet so sit down don't rush me sit down I'm a I'm wanting to get up does that make you feel better and the next thing we fucking know, Lou's at the table sitting down. She goes, happy birthday to you. And Leah's like, this is a shit show. And then Dorinda had a funny moment where she made fun of how Lou jumps in with happy birthday no matter fucking what. She's like, it's like something out of a Saturday Night Live sketch. And then Dorinda drunkenly giggled at her birthday dinner, took it in stride. They all danced. Dorinda and John danced. And Dorinda's like, we've danced in the dark before. And then John talks shit about Ramona. And the last line of the episode was him being like, anyway, I need a shot. And that was it. That was last week's episode. So now let's get into the finale. Okay, so the episode opened. We have another Sonia and Destiny moment. Sonia's like, She's planning an event and she's pissed off that people aren't RSVPing. She's like, you know, you're coming, bitch. So just RSVP. And it was drag queen bingo. She's planning this drag queen bingo event to raise funds for the LGBTQ plus community. And Dorinda and Sonia FaceTime and Dorinda's like, oh, yeah, I'm coming. I got a great outfit already. Meanwhile, at Trinity Boxing Club, we see Martin again, who we haven't seen in a minute, having a dope session with Leah, shredding it. And then Luann is back in the stew to sing Viva La Diva, obviously wearing all sequins like Ethel Merman. And she sings and it's wild. She's like, a diva has sneeds. See these? These don't grow on trees. I'm talking to you. Those lyrics sounded like a Dr. Seuss book, like a very glamorous Dr. Seuss book. She literally said a diva has sneeds. What's a sneed? A diva has sneeds. See these? These don't grow on trees. It's like one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Like, come on. And the guy's like, you know, be a bit more coy. And he's like, you know, when you say class and lose like class. And he's like, he's like, go deep in your chest and, and be sexy. And she's trying to get her sound right. And she's like, oh, oh. And then they roll again. And she's like, class, class. And I'm like, why do you sound like Brittany Cartwright right now? But yeah, so the song Viva La Diva, it's, she's like, it's about the diva that lives in all of us. And the recording session was wild. Again, I loved every second. Then we cut to Dorinda's old condo, which is in renovations. And she comes in in her Christmas sweater and her cast because she just had surgery on her hand. And she's like, hello. And Luke, her stylist, is like, oh, you got your lamp shot, your lamp. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And he points to like a Gaston, like Beauty and the Beast type, like antler lamp chandelier like hanging from the ceiling and Dorinda's like oh yeah that's going and then we got a Lori sighting 
her realtor. I love Lori Cooper. She follows me on Instagram. She's the chicest lady ever, and I love her. It was so nice to see her on the show, not to flex that she follows me, but I love Lori. I was so soothed by her. Um, and then Dorinda says she thinks 2020 is going to be a great year. And again, I'm like, Oof. and Luke, her stylist goes, well, maybe you go on a cheeky date. Get back on that horse. Is he British or Australian? I don't know. I like making people Australian because it's more fun to talk in an Australian accent, in my opinion. And then Dorinda thought she found a coin from Richard, but she didn't. It was just a random like silver disc, like a battery or something. And then Sonia, Sonia, then Sonia had Ramona over to the townhouse as she's renovating it. And I love this notion that Sonia is letting go of the townhome with the help of Raquel, the intern. Everything was like getting ripped up and renovated and everything as opposed to that like rich red and like mahogany and the patterns and like the clutter. It was just like clean and neutral and just like very slick, very chic. And I was really happy for her. And Ramona's like, LL, we're living life. We're going to be LL. We are going to be out all over the world together. Like Ramona is so excited about Sonia getting rid of this fucking townhome. And honestly, same. And Sonia says she just wants a garden, a fireplace, a bathtub, and a four-poster bed. And I'm just like, you are the sweetest. And if I were to boil down the four things I want in any place that I live, honestly, same. A garden, a tub, fireplace, and four-poster bed. Who could ask for anything more? Honestly, Iris from the holiday had all those things, I believe. So again, who could ask for anything more? Also, then we see Alex, another intern of Sonia's. And then Ramona takes some sultry photos on Sonia's carpet. A shock to no one. Uh, then Leah and Kiki and Bunny decorate some gingerbread houses. And Leah's like, I know you're not happy with every decision I make, but at the end of the day, you still have to understand me and support me, even if you don't agree with every decision I make. And Bunny's like, and I do. How do I not? And Leah's like, well, you told me to go to hell the other day. And then Bunny claps back and she's like, and what did you say to me? And Leah pauses and she's like, fuck off <laughs> and it's basically found out that their relationship is a work in progress but they're making progress and I'm really happy for them then Leah and her sister Sarah and someone else whose name escapes me are going to Luann's cabaret and Ramona decided last minute not to go and she told Lou the day of oh, the disrespect and Leah's like, I think all these women are sick of cabaret, but like, I'm not sick of cabaret. She's like thrilled to go. She's super excited. And in classic Luann fashion, she struts in wearing a sequin jumpsuit, which I wanted to call a cat suit because truly the way Luann slinks around in a sequin jumpsuit is like that of a jungle kitty. Uh, and she's holding a tambourine because again, why the fuck not? And her show is called Mary F. Kill. So she makes a Harry Dubin joke about him asking if she's going to get married, which is what gets Sonia to get up from the audience and be like, hey, Lou! And she gets up and joins the show. Because, you know, Sonia's a true improviser. Like, second city, move the fuck aside. Sonia is an improv queen. And Lou asks Sonia, she's like, Mary F. Kill, Dorinda, Ramona, and Tinsley. And Sonia immediately kills Ramona. We love to see it. And she's like, well, you know, Tinsley's unfuckable. Maybe I'll marry her after her first divorce, second divorce. And that leaves me having sex with Dorinda, who's maybe a sleeper hit. And Leah is just like shook. Her hands are by her face like, oh, my gosh. And Leah was thrilled that Ramona wasn't there because she's like, I can chew gum and I can show my vagina with nobody saying anything. And Sonia talks about how she's not feeling great about herself right now. And uh, Leah's like, hey, do you want to know what app I use? I use this mind body app. And I was like, OK, this is an ad. And Jake turned to me and was like, how much 
much do we think this cost for this mind body app to get Leah to say that? And I was like, probably a lot. Leah's like, we simply pick a day that we want to go and then we go. Uh, but I do love how much Leah loves Sonia. I think it's really, really sweet. And we also got another Rob sighting via FaceTime and just saying once again, Rob can get it. Then Ramona is getting ready for uh, Sonia's drag bingo event. And she honestly looked like fucking like Allie from A Star Is Born. She's in this like white silky halter top and a sensible sequin skirt, just feeling her fucking self. And then I want to say that party looked fucking awesome. It was like sparkles and metallic and hot shirtless men and drag queens and glitter and sequins and Christmas trees and fun colors and sparkles and beads. It was like everything I could ever want out of an event. I was like, that party looks like the most fun party ever. Uh, And so Sonia was raising money, as I said. Dorinda burst through the sparkly curtains in a sparkly turban. She's like, yes. Uh, Leah looked stunning and she was in a dress from eighth grade. I was like, okay, Leah, like way to flex. And I also live for Luann's sparkly drum major hat. I was super into it. And then Ramona strolls in with a straight man whose name escapes me, but I eventually found out was Ron. And Sonia's like, what are you doing strolling in here with a straight guy and a bingo? And, you know, homophobic Ramona never gets an invite to a, quote, gay party. She cannot see the value in an event where no one wants to fuck her. She's like, well, you know, I don't really do stuff like this, so I just brought him along. I'm like, okay, homophobic. And it's revealed that six years ago at Boutique, Ron and Sonia made out. Unbeknownst to Sonia, Sonia does not fucking remember. And I just want to say I went to Boutique once with my friend Allie. Shout out to Allie. And we went solely to stalk the Housewives of New York and we saw no one and it was kind of boring and overpriced. And we were also the youngest people there, not to be ageist, but that's just the reality of the situation. Also, I made a note that Ramona's French tips are truly chilling. They really are. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about French tips. Perhaps there's a way to do them right. But Ramona is definitely doing them wrong. Uh, Ramona also, we find out that she didn't open the attachment, uh, in the invite to Luann's event, I believe, because she quote, didn't have time or maybe it was the attachment to Sonia's event. I don't know. Ramona basically haphazardly handled a bunch of invitations to all these events that the ladies were holding. And she's like, you know, Luann didn't tell me until the last minute. She was like, Oh, I'm having a cabaret. Can you come? Like, come on. Can you give me some notice? Honestly, no, I'm giving Ramona too much credit. Her impression of Luann was like, oh, it's like it was like, oh, I'm giving a cabaret. Can you come? Like didn't even sound like Luann. I can't even do a Luann impression bad enough to sound like Ramona doing a Luann impression. But basically, Ramona's like it was bullshit. Luann didn't give me enough notice. So, no, I wasn't going to go. I already had plans. Then Ron, Ramona's date, talks to Leah at Drag Bingo. And we get a flashback to the fact that he gets horny at 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. Because we find out that he used to hook up with Leah's friend. And at the Halloween party, he was like, Leah like had mentioned that she knew his whole texting style because he was hooking up with her friend and she had like seen the texts or something. And then he says it's platonic with Ramona. And Leah's like, I think Ramona just like likes straight male energy. And he definitely has that. And Ramona's like, no, you know, it's better that way. You know, I got some things in the oven. Don't worry about that. And Leah's like, okay, turtle time. And Ron tries to, you know, be slick with Leah. And Leah, like, puts him in his place. And is like, don't flatter yourself. Uh, I also love Leah's willingness to just indulge Ramona and joke around with her, even though, like, Ramona's been just time after time just completely insufferable towards her. Like, it just shows that Leah knows how to be the bigger person. And I really appreciate that. 
Then Sonia gets on the mic and she's like, I don't know who would bring a straight guy to an LGBTQ event. And Luann's like, open your attachments. And they're all like trolling Ramona. And Sonia's like, I said, don't bring your boring friends. Ramona's like, they're not boring. And Leah's like, he'll be gay by the end of the night. Don't worry about it. And then Ron creepily leans over her shoulder and she's like, ah! And then Dorinda's like, I've learned to have a permanent smile on my face so it's not a, not a disaster. And I'm like, Dorinda, no, you haven't. Like, you are the disaster. Like, you peel off that, quote, permanent smile and scream at people all the time. What the fuck are you talking about? And then Dorinda pops a squat and gets really fucking into bingo. The queen in charge is like, G52. And she's like, yes, yes, yes. And the queen's like, unfortunately, that doesn't mean you have bingo, but I do appreciate your enthusiasm. And every time Dorinda gets one, she's like, yes. And she's like, part of winning is winning in your mind first. Honestly, wise words. I agree with that. And then they call 69. And Ramona's like, oh, I like 69. And Sonya's like, Ramona, you messed up her card. She messed up Dorinda's card. She sucks. And Ramona like, so Ramona like fucks up Dorinda's card when Dorinda's like definitely winning. And Ramona's like, oops. And like puts her finger to her mouth like a little like, like a little baby. And then Sonia's like, you're getting distracted by 69. And Ramona's like, you know, I just like the way in her confessional, she's like, I just like the way that 69 looks. It's very graphically pretty. And Dorinda's like, I want to call back. I need a drink. So Dorinda's like out. She's like over bingo. She's going to get hammered, sensible. And then Sonia introduces Lou to sing her song, Viva La Diva. And Lou was unimpressed by the introduction. She's like, huh, that was the introduction. But in true Lou fashion, she uh, talks way too long about working with Desmond Child on the song. Desmond Child of Bon Jovi. Fun fact about Bon Jovi. Sorry to go on a tangent, but here we are. Back in Chicago, I was in a play called Tony and Tina's Wedding. Uh, I played Tina Vitale, the bride. I was inspired by Bethany Frankel and Melissa Gorga when I was crafting her character, but that's irrelevant. Anyways, there was a line where I, as Tina, made a toast in this like fake wedding that the play like centers around, and I go... Uh, my favorite song is Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. And tonight, Tony, and Tony was my husband in the play. I was like, tonight, Tony, you better be taking me halfway there. And we like make out. And someone took a video of that and like sent it to Bon Jovi. And he posted it. He, his people posted it on his Facebook page. So fun fact about me, not to flex. I've been on John Bon Jovi's Facebook page before. Not to flex. So Desmond Child of Bon Jovi worked on this song, Viva La Diva, and Lou starts singing, singing in a floppy rubber air quote. And Leah looks very confused. Dorinda's like, phew, look, this isn't happy birthday, okay? But Sonia is fully here for Lou owning being a diva. And honestly, in that vein, I want to say, yes, Luann is a diva. I too am a diva. And it really is refreshing when you can just own it, just own being a diva. And in the immortal words of Beyonce, I just want to say that diva is the female version of a hustler. Okay, so any of you divas out there who are apologizing for being a diva, don't do it. Don't do it because a diva is a female version of a hustler. So then they're starting to do the little like sign off, like they'll do a freeze frame of each housewife and a little note about like what she's been up to. And then they're all like kind of circled up together. And Ramona's like, you know what? I am so happy right now in this moment that we're such 
good friends to each other and I really feel like we've evolved so much the best relationship you can have is with yourself and again not to bring it back to Carrie Bradshaw every chance I get but like you know that Ramona fully thinks of herself as like the Carrie Bradshaw in this story and then Sonia's like that sounds like masturbation but okay and Leah's face is like sure Jan and Sonia's like we're not absolutely fab we're fucking us and then Leah's like Thank you just like all for having open hearts with me. You know, Tinsley introduced me to you guys. And then all of a sudden, like a bat out of hell, Dorinda's like, no, I'm not doing that shit. Sorry. Fuck you. And Leah's like, are you fucking kidding me? And she's like, no, sorry. I'm not a part of it. Tinsley, I would not give Tinsley that. Fuck you. Tinsley almost ruined our show. You're not going to give a toast to Tinsley Mortimer who breached her contract and almost ruined our show. She's like looking down the barrel of the camera, like spittling all over the place, yelling. And she's like, and you won't mention her name. I'm a principal person. I won't do it. No, Tinsley left the show because she breached the contract. And Dorinda's hand is flying all over the place, even her fucked up hand from her surgery. Luann's like, that hand is working pretty well. And Dorinda's like, no, it's not. And it hurts. And Sonia's like, you know, I invited Tinsley tonight. She couldn't come because she was back in Chicago. And Dorinda's like, oh, fuck Tinsley. Fuck Tinsley. Fuck that shit. I'm principal. It's all principal. Fuck that shit. And he's like, oh, my God. She's like obsessed with Tinsley. And Dorinda's like, go fuck yourself. Tinsley left us. She's a bitch. And Luann's like, I'm really freaked out. And Dorinda's like, I don't want that bitch's name mentioned. I'm going to go home. And then the literal season ends with Luann somehow bringing it back to her and her fucking cabaret show. And is like, you know, Dorinda didn't even come to my show. And it ends with her and Leah being like, Merry Christmas, bitch. And that was the end of the season. Next week, we have the reunion. Again, I really don't have any intention of weighing in, but like perhaps I will weigh in. Who's to say? I don't know. Again, I'm operating from a mental place of Sonia without interns, so I feel very all over the place. Uh, but thank you all so much for going on this Bravo journey with me. I hope you all enjoyed it. And wow, what a wild end to a season. I mean, you know, there's been rumors circulating as to why Dorinda was let go, if she was let go, etc. And, you know, you see the straight up hell she gives just everyone from cast to production and it doesn't shock me. And now there's murmurings that she might come back. Honestly, it's tough. I think she was uh, mean this season to the point of not being likable anymore, which is a fine line. But like it was getting redundant, just like these cruel random moments where she would just pop off and like scream at everyone. And this was such honestly, I didn't like that this was the end of the season. I uh, call me old fashioned, call me cheesy. I like a season to end in kind of a neat little bow and then let everything hit the fan at the reunion. And it just bothered me that it was like a fake out. We thought this was going to be like a sweet, tender end. And then Dorinda once a fucking again was like, you know, just a fucking avalanche of anger towards the entire group. It was just a lot. So I'm happy this season's over. I'm happy Beverly Hills is over. I'm exhausted. I think Potomac is giving us everything we need. And I am also very excited for Real Housewives of Salt, Salt Lake City. Uh, Orange County, don't give a fuck. But I just want to thank you all again so much for just going with me on this Bravo journey, bearing with me as I've sort of fallen into this Bravo funk. And again, if you are interested in my impressions, please feel free to check out my Instagram at Hannah A. Brown. Thank you all so, so much again for listening and for all the love and all the support. Y'all are the best. 
and we'll see you next week. I can't wait to introduce you to next week's guest. I'm really excited about it. Um, and have a great weekend. Thank you so much, y'all. Bye.